0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Union of the Unwanted, live! Ricky, hey. Happy birthday, Ricky! Hey. You over there, Ricky? Thank
1: you,
2: for being with
1: us again today. Another Union of the Unwanted. Today, we're going to do kind of a general topic show. Maybe if we have time, we're going to do some uh, call-ins later in the show. But it's, uh, it's going to be a general topic. We're gonna, so we're going to probably... Obviously, the COVID thing is unavoidable. At, at some point, we're going to have to talk about that because it's uh, ruining our lives daily. And uh, and we also have our Canadian friends that we uh, we can get an update on what the hell is going on up north. But uh, we have some old friends. You know, Steve's been on before. Matt's been on before. Obviously, Grimerica, Jason, and then I got we got some new friends. Conspiracy castles with us today. We got Doctor Frank Ayeda. By the way, the kids love your vitamins. So, uh, you know. I'm just going to plug that real quick, <laughs> and uh, and then we have who else? Oh, and then Susie, Th- thanks for being with us. Also, she's a, a a friend of mine from the Ripple Effect podcast, joining us. So we got we got some people who are going to go hard in the paint when regards to uh, the COVID stuff. So it'll be fun to kind of dive deep into that. But thanks again, everybody, for joining us. If you guys are new to the show, it's a, a, a kind of like a giant Zoom conference call of thinkers, researchers, um, like really just created a community of people who are all on the same team, you know, just fighting against the elites. And usually it's hosted by Sam Tripoli, myself, Ricky Vranis from Ripple Effect Podcast, Charlie Robinson from Macroaggressions, and of course, Midnight Mike from the OBDM show. So uh, thanks again, guys, for joining us. I'd say let's, because this is something we're talking about before we started recording, and now that we have Grime America with us, let's get a quick update on what the hell's going on up north, guys. I mean, you guys have been kind of uh, all the headlines all over the place about uh, martial law and, I mean, you guys are reliving 2020 again.
3: You see, we're SOSing the United States to <laughs> help.
4: Ontario needs help. Ontario is under occupation. But, I mean, Alberta's all right.
3: It's going to come. It's going to come everywhere. I think it's just like, just like Australia was the testing. They're going to, they're going to come, they're going to start sweeping across the country. It's going to get worse before it gets better. I think, but yeah, some of the provinces can actually start to uh, restrict travel, but between the provinces that we're at, there's so many roads. I don't think they can actually do it, but.
4: I don't think they can do any of it anyway. I think it's all just fucking giant scare tactic, make-believe bullshit. And I think of, you know, I, I, you know, they said I couldn't travel. I just got back from Vegas. So, Graham, you shouldn't be here. I should be quarantined. Yeah. And I just did that by, you know, printing out a fake letter and bullying my way through. Honestly, they don't like getting called Nazis. They're embarrassed by it. And they're not used to be putting in, getting put in an uncomfortable situation. So I just, I'm pretty bold when it comes to defending my rights. So I just flashed some paper in their face that I printed out off the internet and say, get out of my way. I got shit to do, you Nazi. And it seems
3: to work.
5: Uh, In Southeast Asia, where I'm at, it's pretty much the same. I mean, there's a lot of talk about it being strict. But if you really get on the ground, the police don't want to enforce it. Uh, if, If you do something to piss them off, they'll enforce it. But otherwise, they don't want to be bothered with it. So there's a lot of posturing. I walked by a bunch of triages last week. They're all empty except for the people manning them uh what you see on the news is often not what is actually happening on the ground and i think the people who suffer the most are the people who comply and stay hunkered down in their homes
3: yeah
4: they escalated me to like three different people the first couple people just didn't want anything to do with me until i got to the actual border guard who just didn't want to deal with the pushback to be honest i don't think he wanted to deal with it that's not what he signed on for he definitely didn't like Nazi references, and the cops were laughing at the whole situation and like but the thing is, the shitty thing is, and I give the cops a hard time here too, because they 're still standing at the airport, kind of scaring people because eight people off my plane went and got in their fucking hotel and meanwhile, if you just you know pretend you know what you 're doing, they 'll give you a little thing that says you 're exempt from quarantine, please wear a mask which i, I got i 'm not really doing that either but
3: but there's problems up north there with the church too near Edmonton, and, and they they don't want to allow uh, it in court. Like they don't want to allow Henshaw, our public health official, to. They're not. They're not. They uh, know they're going to lose it. in court. Yeah. They're, they're, so they've already said like you. They don't have to provide evidence. So it's very one sided already. The courts are. The courts are kind of in on it too because they know if they open this, it's just going to open a can of worms because they don't have anything to stand on.
4: Which means you can do whatever you want and you'll never end up well, facing the repercussions in court is my take on it. So I'm like, I mean, we had a bunch of people over here Saturday and I mean, the restaurants have got a tough go. I feel terrible for them. I mean, I was talking to a couple of the local restaurant guys today and they've started going to the landlords now. So they'll get the landlords to kick you out if you're if you're not following protocols is one of the ways they're doing it. Pulling business licenses is is another way they're trying to do that. Um, bec- but I think they're setting themselves up for counter lawsuits. There's actually uh, a go a couple of GoFundMes going up around town from the businesses that are now fighting them, them in court. So now the, a lot of the restaurants around here have started up because they said you can have patios open. So a bunch of the restaurants have gone out and bought tents and set up tents and just started cramming people into those to eat. So... There's probably a clampdown coming from that. And the restaurants seem to have the toughest go. And the gyms.
3: And the gyms. And, they, they, they shut down a couple of gyms saying they would come back in two hours. They just needed to redo their protocols for the gym. And then they just never come back. So the city's fucking lying to these gyms. and the gym, So the gyms came back and said, well, we're allowing 100 people in. And there's one-on-one training allowed. So 50 of those 100 people are personal trainers. So they just gave a whole bunch of volunteer personal trainer cards to the people to, to get around this.
4: And I heard what the restaurants are going to start doing is just locking the doors. So instead of a reservation, you're going to make an appointment. You're going to show up at the restaurant. Um, you know why?
6: Why can't restaurants just advertise private parties? We're I'm having uh, we're right. having a private event. Yeah, it, that's what it, the if you appointment. an invitation help. to the event, you can come in. I watched, uh, I watched a pub owner in, uh, I think it was Bath or something in the UK, shut out and kick out Keir Starmer, the late labor leader, and then ended up getting roughed up by Starmer's personal security. But we did see a, a landlord of a pub asserting himself and saying, no, I'm sorry, you're not welcome here. You're not well. You haven't done your job. I'm a member of your party. You haven't done a goddamn thing for us. You've let all of this happen. You're supposed to be the opposition. You've provided none. Get out of my pub. And that was encouraging to me, at least. I, I you know, I, I think the disconnect is people, individual people speaking up, like but <clears throat> whereas with if, if you're doing it, Darren, or or if I'm doing it, it's one thing we're already show hosts, we're already considered crazy. It, it's that people need to become comfortable with refusing to comply people need to become comfortable yep. with asserting Absolutely. themselves if you can assert yourself as a keyboard warrior online and yell at somebody because they don't have the right fucking pronouns in their bio surely surely some of us can, and more of us can say no i'm not, I'm not going to comply with this, this is tyranny and, and i refuse so i was just wondering are you guys over in uh grimerica
7: land uh, aware of sergeant paul brown and what's going on with huff jim
4: no, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I like, other than what's directly in my face, I'm really got my head in the sand and most, is that the cop that now got suspended or something like Correct.
7: that? So, yes. you know, since you brought up Jim's and we did it beforehand, uh, a couple of days, they had a standoff, the bylaw officer officers, uh, the mayor whining and basically saying, um, we're going to give them the strongest fine possible. And then you had this guy dare to come in, start shaking hands you know, hugging people, uh, being an actual human being and saying, I'm not going to do this. We're not going to issue a warrant. So they've now suspended this guy. Um, Do you see that being the trend? Because I'm also kind of curious as to how you you said you printed up some paperwork and you got around these quarantines. You know, I've seen horror stories where people are willing to pay the thousand dollars a night for the nicer hotel, and then they get rerouted to another hotel and facility that they don't pay for that's even worse. How are you getting around this stuff?
4: Uh, well, we could talk about that. Um, I'll just say it's, it's all there. If you just read through what the actual rules are and what the different exemptions are and who you need to and start thinking about who you're actually explaining yourself to, it's all kind of there, but all fair. I'd, I'd be happy to disclose a little bit. Or mm-hmm. well, as far as the cops go, I'd like to see, I mean, and that being said, you don't need fucking paperwork. If you don't go to their hotel, they're going to give you a fine. The cops have already said, we refuse to arrest people for not quarantining. Okay. We refuse to enforce the quarantine. That's in Alberta. I don't know about the rest of the provinces. I, I know the Peel police officers have said they don't want anything to do with it. Uh, in Ontario, but the Alberta, both the Calgary police and the RCMP had basically said, we're not getting involved with arresting people at the airport. Um, so basically what I've heard they are doing, what I actually somewhat expected to happen, because I talked to a lawyer and stuff before I went down. We're lucky enough to be connected with uh, the, justice.
3: JCCF, yeah. Yeah, the
4: Justice for Constitutional... Freedoms. Center for Freedoms of Canada, whatever, anyway, the JCCF. Uh, we 've got a, a bit of a relationship with them, so they gave me an attorney to kind of talk to and have ready to go in case in case stuff went down so i was I was expecting the thirty four hundred and fifty dollar fine, um, which is what they 've been handing out for people that that don't want to comply now i don 't think that 's even the police that are actually doing that that 's a h s if they 're there. Um, but AHS just kind of let me go right past them to deal because with Because you were essential. Because basically, well, so they didn't even ask to see my paperwork. But, those um, people didn't even ask right. to see it. And I not to be honest, the border guard didn't ask to see it either. I just kind of had it all there. So I had it all in one neat little package so I could, you know, sort of cram my way through. But um, like I say, you would have got the ticket. And as of now, none of those tickets have been prosecuted, they've been thrown out. And if you do get, told to quarantine. So then you get a ticket for not going to the hotel. You go to the airport and uh, you go home. And then every day you're out, you're susceptible to a $3,000 fine for violating quarantine for that day. Now, my understanding and with the people I talked to at the JCCF as of three weeks ago, there hadn't been a single one of those tickets given out again, because the cops in Alberta aren't going to check on quarantine. My phone never rang or anything like that. They didn't test me at the airport. I did have to test at a Walgreens when I was in the States because in order to get on the airport, you need to present a negative test. It was self-administered. I went to a drive through They put it in a drawer, slid it over to my side, and a, chick or a girl on a microphone told me to give me instructions. Basically, I put it a half inch in each nostril and swirled it five times uh put it in another little solution they gave me put the lid on put it back in the drawer and she took it took it away and like uh 2 days later they emailed me and said i didn't have covid so i had to do that in utah in order to get on the plane 3 days later to come home because um canada's policy is if you don't have a negative pcr test within 3 days you can't come in the country um and then the same thing, I had to do the same thing now to get into America because Joe Biden's made it so that for me to go to the states, I have to provide a negative PCR test to go there. So I had to go in Canada. And the funny thing is in, in the States, it was free. Walgreens just covers that. After someone's paying for it in the States, not me, even being foreign. They I didn't even have to tell them I was an Indian. Uh, but in Canada, I had to pay 150 bucks uh, go to a private place and the the, the nice thing about the private places, you know, they don't have the piece, uh, the threshold cranked up because I mean, they're trying to get their, their businesses travel and they want you to be able to travel is my understanding. But in Canada, they cram that toothpick in the back of your throat a little bit. And like, I mean, it, I gagged. It was a worse experience for sure than the Walgreens one. I think both of them, you could sort of do a quick gargle or rinse with something or wash out your nose right before and sort of hack your way past. Honestly, after going through it, I think I could just like throw that thing on my printer and change the date. And like the people who are checking this thing are looking for three things, the date you took it, the name and the negative. And I mean, when I got back to Canada and I tried to show it to Buddy, he's like, where does it say PCR? <laughs> so I got to like take it and, and show it to them. So honestly, you know, you could, I mean, I'm not condoning, condoning fraud, but, you know, I didn't make the rules. Uh, but I think you could easily bypass that. But I mean, that's, that's the airlines. If you're driving, in, can't, driving either way, it's a different story. I don't think the U.S. is letting Canadians drive in right now unless they say they're an essential service. Graham's going to see what he can do here in the next couple of days, because he's going to try and get down there. I have uh, the unique circumstance of having a treaty card. So um, I actually talked to the border people from Idaho uh, Friday, and they said, as long as I have a treaty card, they will never ask me for any tests or vaccinations or negative, any of this or that or anything. Uh, So that'll get me into the States and then i think when i drive back into canada they'll give me like uh so when you're driving into canada the the hotel isn't a thing that's strictly for the airports um, when i drive into canada i think they give you a test when you drive in and you're supposed to take it yourself and i don't know mail it in drop some off i'll probably just throw it in the trash can when i get to tim hortons yeah a
1: lot
4: of yeah. <laughs> It's harder for the restaurants and stuff like that. I was talking to a guy today about how he can actually push back and brainstorming how we can do that. We're going to have him on the show and try and boost his GoFundMe. Maybe we can have him on this show uh, down the road. Because, I mean, those guys are, have it in a hard spot. I mean, it's easier. Like, I think the traveling's make-believe and the having people in your house is make-believe. And if you do get a ticket, it's never going to hold up in court. You probably won't even get the court. But the businesses, the restaurants are fucking stuck in a hard place. I don't know how... It's a harder thing to bust them out of there because now, like I say, the one guy who kept pushing back and he's like, well, I'll take the fine. Well, now he shows up and his locks are changed because now they've threatened to charge his landlord with fucking harboring a terrorist or I, I don't know what the actual uh, definition of what they're doing it with. When he shows up in, an, in, a, in a space that he's done a million dollars of renovations in for his high class restaurant in a ritzy part of town, you know, you move into a space and you, you outfit it to suit over the 10 years that you've been there, add this, add that, redo this. And you show up and the, and the locks are changed and you're kicked out effectively immediately. So he's got to go fund me going uh, to try and get legal representation to try and counter suit the landlord. But that's kind of, what happened to someone who pushed the envelope as far as they could. So maybe if you own your space, you could push that a little bit farther because they'll pull your business license. You know, it's, it's a weird spot. I think down the road, I think it'll play out differently in court, but those restaurants are in a real jam. I mean, whatever you can do to support your local restaurants, if they're in that position, whether it's ordering out or eating on the patio for now, um, Because these guys are trying. And right now the government is making it super hard because the cops aren't enforcing anything. But if the fucking billionaire landlord changes your locks, what are you going to do? Or if the bureaucrat pulls your business license, I mean, you can open without a license, but that's a different charge now. This isn't a COVID charge. Now you're operating without a license. That's going to be a lot harder to face in court. So.
3: So it'll be really interesting to see what happens in the next little while. If the people wake up enough and start pushing back and the cops stop doing what they're told and it'll be interesting in the next month as they keep... I'd like to see more
4: cops get suspended because I think if that keeps happening the rest of the police will sort of finally maybe take a stand instead of being in this weird... In Canada, with the exception of a few police departments like the fucking OPP, the Ontario Provincial Police who are fucking pricks, most of the police departments in Canada, Alberta too, have been pretty good for the most part. There's a couple of horror stories out there, but for the most part, our cops in the city I'm in, outside of Calgary here, have not done a thing. They haven't bothered me. They don't bother anyone. There's no nothing that's happened in my town with the, with the cops, And but they're still in this weird neutral place. They're not fucking picking a side. And I seen a nice quote the other day. I don't know if it was in our chat group, uh, the union one or not, but it's like, the sheep can be the sheep all day. But if the Lions and the Tigers and the Bears don't fucking choose a side soon, then we're in trouble. And I think the cops getting suspended for doing the right thing is is over and above. You know, I think that that will hopefully empower more cops to stand up for the brothers. Or maybe not. And we're fucked. But, I mean, I'm a bright side kind of guy. So...
6: Wow, dead air on a show with 800 uh, well,
8: <laughs> well, Well, I was just going to say, everything out of Canada is so doom or gloom, dude. I mean, it looks like they shut it down for the second time. I mean, everything you said, I guess, it's just trauma-based mind control. They're just trying to scare us. But I'm in Texas, and things are finally opening up. Like, I can do anything. I don't wear. I haven't worn a mask this whole time, but now I don't have to. I mean, the governor has list- lifted all the mandates. So it's like I hear that story, and it just proves that the new world order is already here. And that i really don't have any hope i mean I, I it sounds like you have some hope but i really don't have any hope because this reminds me a lot of like 9 11 with the patriot act once they put this stuff in they don't they've never lifted up the patriot act they still get that in place so i i just i just foresee these restrictions and these mandates they're they're going to be permanent and there's already articles i just posted on my instagram how for some countries including canada the pandemic and mandates were meant to be permanent so Do you have that same impression knowing that the cases are down in Texas where things are opened up and where they're shut down, the cases are the highest they've ever been or whatever the hell they're lying about?
1: But doesn't this kind of show how how much control the elites have in the way the population perceives the world? Because if you go to Florida, right, you got a government that says, hey, you know what, let's open up. Things are getting better. So that's kind of the way everybody is acting and feeling. And then you come to Massachusetts where I live and the governor saying, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. And people are afraid. And so none of this has to do with like evidence or anybody actually seeing hospitals full or knowing people that are dying of this and any of that. It's all like they're, Creating the illusion, you know, and people are just falling for it, even if the evidence isn't, isn't there. And that's been happening throughout the whole thing. Throughout the whole thing, we've been told not, and, you know, luckily doing podcasts, you talk to people all over the world, and Matt actually and I, um, uh, Matt, uh, Raymer, when he was on my show recently, we talked about this too. How, like, what's going on in Asia and what's going on, like, in most places, like, the TV's telling you, like, people are dying everywhere, people are dropping dead. Like, we get this image in our head of those initial Chinese videos of people just dropping in the streets. That's the image they're painting. But if you look out your window, like, none of it's Happening, And that's why I think the mask thing, like at least in Massachusetts, I can see how crucial it is to keep people afraid because the second they remove that mask mandate and you remove that reminder that, hey, you should still be scared, like life's going to feel pretty fucking normal, you know, because... Basically, there's some restrictions, but people are going to the gym. My gym's full. Um, you know, you go to the malls. If I guess people still do that, maybe. <laughs> but um, it, you know, you go to the grocery stores. You go anywhere, public places, restaurants. My my wife's uh, in the restaurant business. I mean, she she's been saying recently, like it's the first time in a long time that it's like people are comfortable. People are just going out. Nobody's afraid anymore. And so if you remove that mask, like, what incentive would you have to get the vaccine, right? Like that CNN clip that has been you know, going around. It's like, if you remove the mask, it's like, no, I, things feel pretty normal and I'm living my life, you know, pretty pretty close to the way it was before. Why would I get the vaccine, you know? But it, it also right. shows how the psychological, like the constantly just telling people like, hey, things can get back normal if you get the vaccine. Things can get back to normal if you get the vaccine. They just Keep saying it over and over again that without actually, and we can get, you know, uh, Susie and Dr. Aida to talk about this how ridiculous that statement is because the vaccine isn't going to stop the spread. The vaccine's not going to stop you from getting it. So, like, people are just regurgitating this, and there's no science to prove that w- that would even make a difference in regards to actually getting things back to normal.
4: We're getting messed up from the shot, though. That's one thing I'm noticing because I only know, like, five people in my like sort of circle of people I know or say second degree people I know and their families. And out of those five people, three of them are having problems. One of them had to get their gallbladder removed right away within four days after the first shot. Wow. The other other one uh, was a heart attack, unfortunately. And another fella uh, has got hives all over his legs. So it's like 60% of the people I know that got the shot are, are. that's what, so that's like what I'm with my head in the sand. That's what I'm getting on the ground. Cause it's not like, now I'm at the point where I see people. I'm like asking about, Oh, did you get, did you get the shot yet? Did you get the shot? Because, and you know, so far the results aren't good.
3: So, and, and here's what happened. So our provincial, our guy, which Alberta is supposed to be kind of like the Texas of the States in a way. It's very similar. We're supposed to be a little bit freer here. Uh-huh. He, all the parameters that we met that they ignored to open things back up, you know, now that's all gone. And now the new parameters are a percentage of people vaccinated. So that now our guys are actually pushing for a percentage of vaccinations. I mean, the, this is only in the last week or two, but the gall of them to, to start getting to that point.
8: Yeah, but that's not as bad as Trump. Trump became a vaccine salesman. That's how you know Trump is as crooked yeah. as a dog's hind legs. Yeah. Yeah. He, he he literally became a vaccine salesman. Then Ivanka just posted a picture where she's in CBS oh. getting a oh. selfie, getting the vaccine right up her ass. I mean, it's just all bullshit. I mean, literally the way that Donald Trump became a vaccine salesman is all you need to know. And I mean, we know that he's owned by Israel and that he's owned by, you know, Big Pharma, but it's just really a sad state of affairs when the, 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 the money that Big Pharma makes is more important than our actual livelihoods and no. that they will live like, like, like almonds. Almonds aren't safe for everybody to eat yet they'll tell you a vaccine is safe for everybody. That's a lie and it's just very sad that that obvious thing cannot be recognized.
6: Well, and We've got all these anti-corporate crusaders who are like taking glamour shot selfies with the Pfizer logo next to their vaccine. It's just, it's mind-boggling. I'm sorry. Susie, it looked like you were getting ready to talk.
9: Oh, I was just going to say, it's just that they, they, the media says that, um, you know, these vaccines are so safe and effective, but if you actually sit on the FDA meetings, I sat in those eight and a half hour meetings, the vaccine and related biological product advisory committee, they sit and, and, and the vaccine manufacturers go to this committee and they petition them to the FDA to get their emergency use authorization. If you read through all of those documents, which I have done, the manufacturers themselves say, we did not design these vaccine trials to say whether this stops transmission or not so they didn't design the vaccine trials to say that if you take it that it's going to protect other people yet the media the talking heads the governors public health officials will come out and say you have to take this not just for you but to protect grandma you don't want to kill your loved one so it's all about that emotional manipulation coercion does not equal consent say it all the time we have got to get away from these media talking heads and actually look at the data.
5: I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. That's what I've been telling family now. Stop listening to the news because if you start listening to other sources of information, everything you heard in the news gets contradicted.
1: Well, you know what's crazy is that you can almost trust the pharmaceutical companies more than you can trust the news. because. <laughs> If you, because they're telling you that it will not stop to spread, and that, and like it tells you the, you know, on the inserts, like the possible, you know, the warning label. So it's like the news is even worse than pharmaceutical companies.
4: Or well, my health minister, who says uh, it's a hundred percent safe and effective. You don't have to worry. Well, it's like Pfizer doesn't even say that. They don't even say that. They just say, you know, it should be okay. No, look at all the tri- all the all the yeah. reactions. At least your podcast. health just at least your health minister this, just- this 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 of this. this, this, this.
8: Yeah, but dude, at least your health minister isn't a transvestite. Ours is Rachel Levine, who I actually think is a very beautiful woman. But think about that, dude. Uh, The head of ours was born a boy, born Richard, Dickie Levine. And now he is a post-op transsexual that is running our health department. So, I mean, that's almost that has to be worse than whatever situation y'all got when it comes to health ministers, right?
7: So, I want to talk about some of the resistance and maybe some of the solutions on top of this. Uh, Naomi Wolf you know, someone I've been talking about again and again and again, when it comes to this subject, because she's reaching out (coughs) to both sides. And the sides that she's reaching out to, I guess, are the ones that you wouldn't expect, like Steve Bannon. She just did Bannon show war room, right? So the big thing here is, for me, is that you do have now Montana signing executive orders against this along with DeSantis. My governor in Iowa has said so as well. But People like Cuomo are still marching forward. People like Newsom are still marching forward. You know, the vaccine passport is uh, simply the next step to not only, you know, this UBI type social credit system, but in my opinion, a transhumanist movement to bring in this automation nation. That's the big thing we need to do. I think we need to reach across both boards and demand executive orders that we still have a first a fourth amendment, right? HIPAA still exists. All these things are still real and these executive orders are falling apart. You know, I just did that uh, a watch along with that Bill Maher segment. He gets a lot of that wrong. But at the same time, he said he doesn't want his medicine politicized, yet he was barely able to whisper that Andrew Cuomo had did a bad thing, had done a bad thing. We still got a serial motherfucking killer in charge in New York right now, continuing these same insane policies and pushing this thing. So I really think it's going to take demanding your governor sooner rather than later. I don't even know if you have 60 days to start banning these vaccine passports, no matter what you name it,
6: Pass, Excelsior, or whatever bullshit, or, or we're all
7: doomed, man.
6: Well, is that even a thing, man? Because I don't want to like i'm I'm not trying to like scaremonger when I say this. I'm just I'm wondering out loud if we move beyond the point to where legislation even matters, executive orders even matter. because all of this shit has been done. Through emergency order, there's no let no legislation on a mask mandate. There's no legislation on a vaccine passport, no legislation uh, on, you know, curfews or any of this shit. All no, it is it is so- an emergency yeah. order yeah. and emergency powers. Once they're granted, very rarely are, are they ever lifted.
1: And Steve's point is very important because even this vaccine wouldn't be legal to give out to the public if no. we weren't in, in a state of emergency.
6: Emergency and, approval for distribution.
1: And, and maybe, maybe this is a great time to get Dr. Uh, Frank Ayeda in here in regards to uh, what's some of the history of the coronavirus vaccine? Why, why do they get to skip animal trials now? Maybe because they, they were so successful in the past that they can skip it now. <laughs> oh, I, are you muted? Doctor, we we don't I don't do you guys hear him? No, we don't no. hear him. Nope. Oh, there we, there, there we, we go. go. Okay. Very okay, good. Yep.
10: Okay. So two th- this is va- that this vaccine, this technology's been out since two thousand two, and uh, so is it, you got background noise there. Hey, it sounds like someone's vacuuming. Are you doing All some right, cleaning over time. there? There you go, me man. <laughs> no cleaning going on. Okay. So this technology's been out since two thousand two, and when they applied it to animal studies all the animals basically died once they were exposed to the wild virus. So, I mean, the same, you're going to start seeing the same thing happen with this vaccine, in my opinion. So when you were talking about, you know, vaccine injuries and so forth, um, you know, in my practice, I think we talked about one of the injuries that I saw when I was on your show, Ricky, about this woman that I have been seeing for about a year. And uh, she, she came to see me with a slew of autoimmune issues she has um, ulcerative colitis. She, I diagnosed her with Lyme disease, which led to a uh, rheumatoid arthritis situation. And she had a bunch of other issues going on. It took me a year to clean her up. Dietarily, we, you know, we, we changed her diet. We, uh, we killed the Lyme disease. We straightened her out, did everything we could. She was asymptomatic. She gets the first vaccine. Unbeknownst to me, she just goes and gets it done. Um, she develops Bell's palsy after the first Pfizer shot, okay, and it was mild; it wasn't severe, so she wasn't too worried about it. By the time the second vaccine was coming around, the vac- the Bell's palsy had worn off, and she was doing okay. She gets the second vaccine, and all her autoimmune stuff flares up to the hill her ulcerative colitis comes back, all her joints are inflamed. I went as far with her as uh, to clear up her autoimmunity. She had her breast implants removed. And I figured that was a contributing factor. So she was good. And she gets this vaccine and the snowball just kept going. And so she calls me like a month afterwards, and she's like, what can we do? I said, there's nothing we can do. I can't detoxify you from a genetically uh, modification of your cells. Right now, every cell in her body is basically producing spike proteins, and her immune system is all revved up. It's already revved up. I mean, she's, I've taken away all the antigens that were contributing to her previous problems. We changed her diet. We healed her gut. Um, you know, we killed the Lyme bacteria that was initiating the autoimmune response, but now she's got this situation and she's like, what can I do? I said, there's not much I can do. Um, I go, if you want to get on a course of steroids, prednisone, suppress your immune system, calm down the inflammation. The kicker is she did it for 10 days and it didn't touch the autoimmune reaction. That's scary. That's super, super scary. So I had another patient just recently who uh, I've been treating for a number of years. She has a condition called lupus. This is discoid lupus, which affects the skin, kind of ulcerations on the skin. Asymptomatic for the past several years, just doing everything right. And uh, she gets the vaccine. After the first vaccine, it starts to flare up a little bit. It calms down. After the second one, she's in a full-blown flare-up, and nothing will touch it. So that's what I'm Dr. seeing. Dr. Frank,
0: I, 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 so I I was diagnosed with lupus in 2005 okay. and I battled with it for a few years through diet and exercise and, you know, treating my body a little better. It went down, but I got tested again recently because in my mind, I don't have it, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. but in my mind, I, I don't have, it, but I got tested again and my doctor said, you have lupus and you're predisposed to certain things, but for whatever reason, you're, you're showing no symptoms. So whatever you're doing Keep, Keep doing, doing it. it, and yeah. so when it comes to the vaccine, I'm like I get pressured by my friends. Like, are you going to take no, it? I'll sign you up. It, I'm, I, and stay I'm stay telling you, I
10: it. got lupus. Leave me to hell alone. Yeah, so I'm just going to use my my lupus card. Well, I mean that's I mean the the crazy thing though is that these people are getting the vaccine. They're saying, oh well, I asked my doctor, I asked my rheumatologist if I can get this vaccine, and he said, hell yeah, you should definitely get it because. You have an autoimmune disease, so you're more susceptible to problems if you do develop COVID. So, I mean, that's how they're pressuring these people, and that's misinformation, in my opinion, because I see it day in and day out. Listen, I go looking for the root cause of illness. That's what I do. I'm a naturopathic physician. And if I can find that root cause, what's driving this process, then I can, I can, I can go after it. But if you genetically modify someone's system, if you basically turn their cells into an antigen making factory, you can't turn that off. So I, you know, what do I say to my patients? I said, listen, it's a roll of the dice. It's not necessarily, not everyone's going to develop an autoimmune flare up if they get this vaccine, but why take the chance? Because we're dealing with a virus that has a 99.997% recovery rate. Okay. Even in elderly people, you know, it's, it may go down a little bit, maybe down to like 96 or 95, maybe in someone that's like 80 or 90. But I mean, you got a good recovery rate here. I've treated over two dozen cases of COVID-19 in the past year, and no one ended up in the hospital. No one ended up on a ventilator. And it was, you know, two, three days on my therapies, and they're asking me if they could go back to work. So, you know, that's the situation that I'm seeing here, especially in younger people this vaccine should not be used in younger people. I mean, it shouldn't be used in anyone, but they should not be pushing it t- for younger people because younger people have a very strong innate immune system, okay? So the, you know, natural killer cells, that, that's the first line of defense against any type of insult in the body. They have a strong innate immune system. So someone older, yes, their innate immune system goes down. So I treat, my therapies are geared towards kind of ramping that up, you know? and it's cheap and easy. It's pennies a day, the treatments that I'm doing with people. It's nothing astronomical. Can you talk about that? Can you mention what those are? Absolutely. Yeah. So when a patient calls me, you know, and says, you know, or emails me and says, listen, I I tested positive. I have all the symptoms of COVID. The first thing I have them do is most of my patients already are on, uh, uh, on vitamin D. Okay. And I think vitamin D is like the number one thing to help with this. Um, You know, say something like 70% of patients that develop severe COVID are vitamin D deficient. And I think it's even higher than that. I think, you know, it's like, I think 100% of them are are probably uh, vitamin D deficient. Vitamin D enhances the immune system. And so does vitamin A. So the first thing I do when a patient comes down with COVID is I say, I want you for the next four to five days to take 50,000 IUs of vitamin D every single day. It's best if they're already on it and their levels are pretty high. Then I have them do 100,000 IUs of vitamin A, and I have them do that for four to five days. That, that initial blast that their system increases their innate immune system to help fight off this virus. I, have, I use a liposomal form of vitamin C, which is equivalent almost to like an IV of vitamin C. Uh, one bottle is 30, uh, 30 grams of vitamin C. I have them take a gram of vitamin C every couple waking hours for the first two days. So in, in two days, they're basically consuming 30 grams of vitamin C. It's amazing how quickly that works. Fevers go down. Symptoms start to uh, go away. Uh, it's, it's equivalent, like I said, to an to a, a IV. And there's no bowel issues at all because it's liposomal, so it gets right into the bloodstream. Um, I'll use, I use zinc, obviously, you know, high dosages of, of, you know, bioavailable zinc. I use quercetin. Quercetin works as uh, to allow zinc to enter into the cell. It works similar to how hydroxychloroquine works, okay? Um, N-acetylcysteine is NAC. It's an it's a antiviral, okay? It increases glutathione levels, which is a master antioxidant in the liver, and it's also uh, it also helps thin out mucus, so that's a cool added bonus. So if someone has the lung stuff going on there, it will thin out all that mucus in their lungs. So um, what else do I add into the mix? So I have a, a product that I actually developed myself, which is called Antiviral Complex, and it has something called monolaurin, which is a fatty acid derived from coconut milk, coconut oil, Um, It's also found in breast milk. It's strongly antiviral, stops the the viral replication process. It also contains olive leaf extract, a couple different herbs in there. So I blast the people with this whole cocktail. And literally within two to three days, we start seeing a resolution. I mean, the fevers go away, they get back on the mend. And I also, I'll do a lot of supportive stuff to the adrenal system because the adrenals get really crushed by this virus. So I mean, I'm seeing it day in and day out. I mean, with patients that are older too, these aren't young people. You know, I'm getting older patients that are coming down with it and it's like they're losing their sense of smell and taste. Some of them don't even know they have it. They call me up and say, well, I think I have COVID because uh, I was cleaning the toilet with this really strong smelly stuff and I couldn't smell it. I said, okay, well, more than likely you probably did pick it up, but you know, we're going to treat it. So- I mean, that's just my experience thus far. And I think it's just been completely mismanaged by conventional medicine. Um, you know, people are not even looking at this stuff. No one's talking about diet, lifestyle, nutrition, supplements. They're just talking about this freaking vaccine. I mean, let me get on every talk show and start spreading the, the word and let's get it out there. You know, it's like,
1: I, on, you know, it's, it, they're calling it a vaccine, but it's really it's like, a therapeutic. Yeah. yeah,
10: it's 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 it's. it's, it's It's a it's a treatment basically it's a therapeutic because you can still get COVID you can still spread COVID with a conventional vaccination like let's say a measles vaccine now you're producing basically immunoglobulins that are you know um, they're going to neutralize the virus so you are immune you know Uh, this is you're not immune with this you're still going to get it and we don't know what's going to happen with these people when they do contract the actual virus then let alone people that get vaccinated. Now I'm reading all this new research about these variants that these people are going to be more susceptible to the variants of this virus and it's they're not going, they're going to have a much harder time fighting off these different variants of the virus because their immune system's so ramped up for this specific immunity against this one variant this general you know spike protein now we're getting all these variations of this virus so what's going to happen then so I think we're going to be in for, a you know, you heard it here first, you're going to, we're going to be in for uh, some problems over the next, you know, six months to a year with people getting this vaccine. That's just how I see it. Just Dr. Basically. Frank, you're not, if, you're not the first if, who
5: said that. Yeah.
2: Dr. Frank, if I, if I may ask you a question, uh, how much of your treatment um, when you're dealing with patients, how much of it is mental? Do you see that certain people who are contracting symptoms, that there's a mental component to this? Are they maybe more susceptible possibly to the anxiety that we're feeling from the media's narrative about all this?
10: It's funny that you say that because you know what? It's like, I just in my practice, just, just recently, I have a guy that came to see me a year ago. He's been a long, long-time long long patient, got a lot of health concerns. I mean, before anyone was wearing masks or even talking about this, this guy comes in basically with like a hazmat suit on, okay? <laughs> comes in my office. I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, this is like before anyone's even wearing masks or anything. He goes, oh, I can't get this. If I get this, I'll probably die. And I said, you know, you're not going to die. I go, let's learn about it. Let's figure it out. So this guy basically like hunkered down in his home for like a year. He comes to see me like maybe a month ago. Yeah, I got COVID. I said, you out of everyone, you got COVID? He's like, yeah. He goes, I don't know where I got it from. I don't know how I got it. I just got it, you know? And he he had all the symptoms. I said, well, you survived. I said, you're here. You survived. I said, what were your symptoms? He goes, well, I was tired, you know, and, you know, I couldn't smell. I couldn't taste. I had a little cough. I said, not as bad as you thought, huh? I go, I guess your immune system's pretty good. He's like, yeah. And he still had the, you know, he came in, he still had the mask. He's still, I said, you realize you have immunity now. I, you know, natural immunity to this. And he's he's asking me if he should get the vaccination. I said, absolutely not. Why would you get the vaccination? You got the best thing going on here. You have natural immunity to this. You have specific immunity and you have T cell immunity. I mean, so we don't know if the vaccine's providing all of that immunity. So I mean, I yeah, think what Mark's so I think there is. A, I think people that are the. It, it, I've seen it more and more. The people that are free willy and nilly haven't been even getting it. It's The people that are that are locked down with the mask, the double mask. I'm seeing these people get it get it more often than the people that are out there because that's hey, how we uh, build our immune system. We know this, you know. You have to come in contact you got to play in the dirt. You know, you have to come in contact with bacteria and viruses to enhance and build your immune system. If you live in a sterile environment, how how are you going to fight this stuff off?
5: What do you think about the masks themselves as being an exacerbating factor in illness?
10: I think – I mean I think that that's a huge part of it because – I mean, you think about it. these masks are disgusting. I mean, they're dirty. So how many people, I mean, I had a guy working on like work, doing some work at my house. He came in and he had this mask on. It looked like he it was off the bottom of his shoe. It had, it had like more dirt. I said, you believe, you really think that that's healthy? I said, take that off. I go, you know, I go, I'm not afraid. Of, well, my business, the company, they. I have to wear this thing. So, well, then please get a new mask. I mean, you you're, you're, causing more problems for yourself with that dirty but mask. But
5: I also heard recently about, I think it was Canada, the Brimerica guys, if you've heard this, you could correct me or agree, that they recalled a bunch of masks because of the toxins that were in the Well, there's the formaldehyde
10: mask. in it. There's traces of formaldehyde in these masks. I mean, they're all made from, in China. I mean, I saw a YouTube video of some guy making these ma- the masks in this sweatshop and they're falling on the ground and they're bagging them up. I mean, so- yeah, if you're breathing, you know, traces of formaldehyde uh, all day long, yeah, that can't be good for your immune system. So, I mean, it's it's Doctor Ieda. It. Do, do yes, you sir? think COVID? Do
8: you think COVID's a real thing? You don't think it's just the flu rebranded? You actually do you actually think it's from like a laboratory? I mean, look at the flu is all the way down. I mean, I, I think, if you look I, at the PCR test, even Kerry Mullis said they're unreliable, and if they run them for thirty cycles, you're going to come up positive. So, do you think this is a new disease that we didn't have in 2019 or 2018?
10: I think, I think this has been around for a while. I think that this type of virus, I think, honestly, I think I had it well over a year ago. I think everyone in my family had it because I, I, you know, I was at one point before this even came out, my daughter had something, my wife had something. So, I mean, in your, to to answer your question about the flu, it's like, where, where did it go? And if if one more person says that the flu is not here because we're wearing masks and social distancing, I'm going to lose my mind because <laughs> me too. How how is that possible, man? You know, because when you think about it, it's like okay, well then COVID should be gone. You know, is it? I mean. So I think that the problem is that no one's testing for influenza A and influenza B anymore. They're just doing COVID testing. And with the the, the PCR testing, because it is, they're running 40 cycles on it, and they've toned that down, I guess, now. And that's how you saw all the cases drop, because they've toned that down. Because the CDC came out and said, "Yeah, we've been yeah, that's we've been doing the wrong thing," and so you know, it just happened right after the election too. So, (laughs) yeah,
1: Yeah, Dr. Fauci came out and said what we've been saying for a while now that if you run thirty-five or more cycles, you can find trace amounts of anything—a dead virus, something that's you know a lot of these viral
10: particles—because they really haven't isolated the whole genome of this virus. They, you know, they think what they know about it is. I mean, they, they're, they're checking for little snippets, little part. It's like looking for a needle in a haystack with that, with that PCR test, but that's why they run it so much. You know, it's not the proper test for this particular type of virus. You know, I, I, I treat a lot of Lyme disease in my practice. And, uh, you know, so we use a PCR test sometimes when we're trying to test what we're trying to find, uh, Lyme in someone's t- tissue and in, in their, in their blood, and even that, I mean, it's like you really have to, it's it's like really looking for a needle in a haystack. I mean, if you draw fluid out of someone's knee and you're do you do a PCR test looking for the bacterial DNA, you know, you can find some, but, you know, looking at it through the whole body and the blood, I mean, it's, it's not well, accurate.
1: It's speaking not of inaccurate. effective vaccines, how about that Lyme disease vaccine? I Remember that was a great success.
10: <laughs> well, you know what? They're going to try and I bet you they're going to they're going to try and re- redo this. I mean, this new this new mRNA vaccine vaccine stuff. They're going to try and repurpose this for you know HIV, new HIV vaccine. They're going to come out with you know with this mRNA uh, technology, and they're going to try and use it as a cancer vaccine as well. So mm-hmm. they're going to basically make your cells start producing certain proteins. I mean, they're just. It's all science. I mean, they're just, they're playing, we're, we're, we're the science experiment. You know, this is not tested on animals. We're, they're going straight for the humans with all these
6: vaccines. Well, yeah. And that, that's coming back to the emergency approval thing. You got it. Because yeah. we, we did, we skipped, you know, c- clinical animal trials on all of these va- vaccines that, that are being distributed right now. And going forward, th- there's, the allowance has already happened. The permission yeah. has already been given. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, like no, like at the the point to when untested, rushed, emergency approved drugs were being all but force administered on the population, and no one like and everyone just said, yeah, yeah, okay. Or a handful of us were like, no, this is bullshit, and here's why. Like the the majority of the population. Not pushing back on this gave permission for it to happen again and again and again. Uh, and I don't, I don't know what it's going to take to get uh, the population writ large to stand up to this. Well, and even if even if we start seeing a lot of
10: injuries with this, what they're going to say is the, there's no correlation because what's going, what I feel is going to happen is that there's a delay in the effects, the negative effects of these, like the severe effects yes, okay, someone gets the vaccine, they pass out, they're right there, you know, and they come back or they have some anaphylaxis, they get treated, immediate issue. I'm worried about what's going to happen six months, a year, because it can take months to years to manifest symptoms of an autoimmune disease or cancer. You know, it, it's not an overnight thing. And so how do you correlate that vaccine years later, you know, with this, you know, that you had years, years ago to your current situation that that's brushed under the rug. And then talk about the legal, I mean, you can't sue the vaccine company. I mean, so there's no legal recourse. What are you going to do if you get injured? Oh, well, you know, it's like, you're out, you're on your own pretty much. Mm -hmm. And that's like that for any vaccine, any vaccine.
0: Dr. Frank, I think a lot of people who are listening to this want to know, how can we find a doctor like you in our area? Uh, and more specifically how do you find a doctor that is not really willing to get on board with pushing the vaccine?
10: Well, that's I mean cuz even people even doctors in my field are going to are are you know promoting the vaccine, you know. So it's uh it's it's just who you get, you know. It's it's uh I'm a, as a naturopathic physician we're licensed in a certain number of states in the United States. There's certain states that we're not licensed in. I'm in Connecticut, so obviously I'm I'm licensed And, uh, we have a national association, uh, it's called the AANP and, uh, American Association of Naturopathic Physicians. And that's how, I mean, you have to, we have a list of all the, all the doctors that are, are, are licensed in the United States on there. So that's how you would find a doctor like myself, you know, um, but there's also, you know, there's other holistic doctors, um, you know, functional medicine doctors, uh, that are, that are have the same mindset as me that we you know we don't just we're not going to just treat this with this simplistic mechanistic model of just using this vaccine we're going to use it you treat this as, an, as a holistic type of thing um so yeah there's there's people out there i mean there's people out there with this with the same mindset as me it's just a matter well- of finding a lot of them yeah
8: there's a point I'd like to make is A&W, when they got in the hamburger business, they did this huge market survey. And what they did is they, they asked, they tried to compete with McDonald's quarter pounder. So they did a huge market survey to see what Americans thought was bigger, the third pound burger or the quarter pounder burger. And Americans were so stupid, everybody thought the quarter pounder burger was bigger. So that is just a, a perfect representation of how stupid people are. And that we're actually currently in idiocracy. You know, that was a documentary, Truth in the Movies. Lies in the news. I think that's a perfect representation. So, when, when people tell you everything is safe and effective, it's the opposite of that. So, I just have very little hope. And I see a doctor like you, Dr. Aida, thank you for being woke, my dog, for <laughs> lack of a better word. We need more people like you. You are about us. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it.
1: Speaking of my dog, have you heard – did anybody uh, confirm that if DMX got the vaccine before he passed away? I know that was kind of –
10: Yeah, I heard I, I heard he did. That's that's what I saw, you know, but who knows, you know, it could so, have been hearsay.
1: You segued oh, that with my dog. I followed I that did, rap. I did.
7: Yeah, that's
11: awesome. Thank <laughs>
7: you. So for those that don't know, Papa Duck is like the rap connection on his Instagram saying that he talked to his sister, and apparently it happened two weeks prior and then he also tweeted out that one, like, semi-mainstream media story. So, you know, that that is a very real possibility. Obviously, the Hagler stuff was never explained away at all. Like, you know, they talked about it, but <clears throat> his wife never said how the family knew that he'd gotten the vaccine. Never said that he didn't get the vaccine. Said she did not speak proper English. And it was reported by the mainstream media who is wrong time and time and time again. I mean, how would Spinks know if it wasn't a family member that reached out to him specifically about a vaccine injury and hospitalization to put that on his Instagram literally, I believe, like 36 hours uh, before his death was announced? You know, none of that's been explained away. So, you know, look. I think that uh, the doctor's right. I think five, six years down the line, um, there's a very real possibility that some of these things start happening at an accelerated level. And of course, they're not going to take uh, responsibility for that. I-, I think that's the play. But at the same time, they're already talking about vaccine three. They're telling yeah. you that even if you have this stuff and you want to go on vacation, you still got to wear a mask. You still have to social distance. So while this is all going on, I think the next parlay is going to make these lockdowns and restrictions more about climate change. If anybody has seen, uh, for instance, the Veritas leaks this week, um, I I think that emphasizes more and more of this narrative that Klaus Schwab and the gang have uh, started building around this great reset um, and The fact that they think they're going to use that as the next COVID and kind of substitute it. We've seen Bloomberg now uh, put out articles about permanent lockdown. We've seen Forbes saying we need uh, the pandemic lockdown equivalent, uh, what, every two or so years. So I believe in the next six to 12 months, that will be the next big crisis they try to portray. You know, again, as they try to portray, you know, a world that's collapsing. All these food shortages are our fault. Climate change is our fault. The degraded soil is our fault. And try to, again, micromanage more and more of our lives. Yeah. Well, let's get
1: uh, the Resistance Chronicle in here. You guys, look, first of all, your setup is awesome because it looks like you're you're in a room where you waterboard somebody who owes you money. You yeah, look, that's that's
12: what we're doing. We're doing that and we're eating Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, But we had to pay for ours. (laughs) Uh, As of now, Uh, what's what's
1: going on in New Hampshire? Because you guys, if you guys aren't familiar with them, they're they're from New Hampshire, and uh, you know they they lifted the mandate. So I I think that's a step in the right direction.
12: Kind of, but people are still wearing it. It's like they never actually got rid of the mandate. And like Best Buy went there the other day; they're still doing limited capacity. And they gave them a face shield in Best Buy. Yeah, I was was like, I can't wear a mask because I got a medical condition. And they're like, "Oh, well, that's good. We got a face
8: shield we can wear." I'm like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> 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 so It's a pretty Wait, Oh, Go ahead. Y'all have Y'all have Krispy Kreme though in Canada, right? We're in New Hampshire, not Canada. Yeah. Oh shit! Well then, you what do you mean you're in New Hampshire? You you have Krispy Kreme, right? They're free we, then.
12: We used to have Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit! fuck. Yeah.
8: Uh, we like our local too. So yeah,
12: forget about Krispy right. Kreme.
8: What a what a bar yeah, so, so it's mixed here
12: in, in New Hampshire. There's there's a, a lot of people that are are on board with, with going without the mask and, and taking the governor up on, on this, you know, re- release of the mandate. And it's like, oh, thank you, thank you, our our, our governor for, for allowing us to breathe air and, and walk around. Um and, and supposedly he's gonna take the partitions out of restaurants on the fifteenth, who knows what's gonna happen. He's probably just waiting to see what kind of kind of kickback he gets from from the 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 mask band-aids. But um, you know, you got some people that are just, you know, still wearing that mask and, and and loving it and embracing it and sticking their kids in it. I picked my daughter up from her running club after school and she's only nine years old and and they're having these kids run around with, with masks on and, and thank God I'm her father because she knows when to whip that freaking thing off and 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 not have it next to her and, and the vaccine is being pushed big time and I don't know if you know this, Ricky, being on the border of Massachusetts, if you're down to get the vaccine, our governor has opened it up to other states because there's such a large supply of the vaccine available in the state because nobody wants to freaking get it. Um, but you got signs uh, going up Route 16 into the Lakes region, and, and the sign says, this is your only shot to get back to normal, and it's an advertisement for the vaccine. I think there's just so much money wrapped up into this that, that they're just going to keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And and, and advertise
1: the vaccine on your license plates where it says "Live free or die" by the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Some people are going to live free after getting the vaccine. Other people are going to die from the vaccine. So, it's uh, yeah, it, it's crazy because it it always seemed like one of those states where because I was there uh in 2020 for the Fourth of July we went up there with our family and it was it was pretty cool. I mean, we went to Hampton Beach. People seem to be pretty like you know. Pretty laid back, not taking it seriously. But I think t- it's changed since then. And it's gotten a little, a l- people have gotten a little bit more freaked out about it. The propaganda has reached them.
12: The beaches were super hit or miss last summer. I mean, we only have like a 15-mile strip of of beach that, that runs through New Hampshire. And you had some of your smaller private-ish beaches that were good. Hampton, I didn't hit up because I thought that was just going to be a total shit show all summer long. Um, but I guess at the state reservation. So when you come over the bridge and and you come into Hampton, and it's you know picture like um like like a like a boardwalk esque kind of place with arcades and condos and stuff like that. There's a state reservation, which is the main beach there. You had to make reservations to to go to the beach. So what we did last year was we said we're not dealing with this crap. We're not going to you know put our our kids in, in bathing suits and a mask and have them have them walk around. We bought a little index pool. We went in our backyard drinking. guys, we we had the summer of our lives last year. And and part of what we do here on the Resistance Chronicle is we want to talk about, you know, self-sufficiency too. So like, like gardening and homesteading and, 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 you know, just getting, getting back to the the stuff that that made us humans and, and, you know, some, some really good times created some really weak people. Now, now some strong people need to need to create some, some, some really good times again. It's up to us to, to kind of kind of spread that word man
5: I think we need to instill an attitude of never relaxing about this because we can't if we start trusting uh centralized authorities too much uh they always need to be questioned they always need to be doubted uh that that's what got us in the situation we're in too much confidence too much confidence
2: But Matt, you know, you're down in uh, Southeast Asia, the a lot of us are up here in the Northeast. I mean, it's a, it's a different story. Are people uh where you're at are they following restrictions? Is it locked you know, down the same degree? I, it's What's
5: the 80, 80, I I call it the 80/20 rule. Uh 80% of the people don't believe the narrative. Uh 20% do. Uh but 95% of that 80% follows the mandate roughly kind of loosely but like the most of the masks are below their nose or underneath their chin i went out in fact i hadn't went out for a year because i just didn't know exactly how the local police were going to treat people i'd stayed home had things delivered in but in the last month i've started going out And what i've noticed is you keep that thing below your chin if someone says something okay you lift it put it up above your nose walk until they're out of sight put it back down they're not going to say anything i walk as i said earlier i walked by these well the city has like five or six triage zones where all of the sick are supposed to go right they're all empty i went to i walked right by the central triage on friday just the people manning it were there and they weren't wearing masks. It was it was quite funny because we walked by the corner and there were a group of police, they were not wearing masks. They put up this banner for, you know, this road is closed. You see them taking a picture and they're all putting their masks up. They fold up the banner and they put down their masks. They don't believe the narrative. Why does it continue being pressed here? We get World Bank money. That's why, mm-hmm. and nobody really believes it except that small—well, not really small. Nineteen to twenty percent. The last survey I heard said only nineteen percent wanted the vaccine. Wow. Well, so I would, you've
7: got—you've you, got to be worried about the fact that all of these big corporations are selectively enforcing it. You know, you guys, these guys over in New Hampshire that are talking about how things haven't changed. I would totally agree that a lot of places are that way. Luckily, there's so much resistance in Iowa, for instance. You know, like there's a line that somebody says to you at Walmart, nobody chases you down, you walk in and there's still about 25, 30% of the people not wearing masks. They still got a hold of about 70%. There is no mandate. There are no rules, all those things. But we have to remember that big tech just had a large conference. I believe it was representatives of a 100 different companies, Starbucks and all these other ones among them. And the tagline, it was for uh, election integrity and what's going on in Georgia. However, they said they were talking about other political issues. And I can guarantee you one of those political issues is not only these vaccine passports, but getting on board on this Uh, health, well and safety seal that has different tiers. And you have to have certain things instituted into your private businesses in order to have them. So obviously, they're going to get on board with this because this is going to work their competitors out, you'll have to pay a fee, you'll have to Mm -hmm. keep it up to code. And it'll essentially, again, work as you know, this fascist technopoly that has been erected to maybe not enforce it through law at first, but coerce you with it uh, by means of trade. Yeah. It's I shitty.
1: Wanted, <laughs> something I wanted to ask uh, uh, Dr. Aida, because we talked about this when you were on my show recently, The because the vaccine is only legal because of you know authorization, because we're in a state of emergency, quote unquote, uh, th- does that mean that more likely they're going to try to keep us in a state of panic and emergency because the second that that's gone that they can't legally be forcing people to get the vaccine and the whole vaccine passport all these things would have to disappear so it's almost like they have to keep us panicking and keep us in a state of emergency
10: yeah you brought up that point last time we spoke and i i agree with you i mean that's that's the whole thing to keep this going until they can get you know the proper testing so that the fda does actually approve this vaccine i don't i've I don't think that the FDA could really approve this vaccine. I mean, I don't know how they can like just legally approve it. You know, it's not emergency use because, you know, like I said, this technology has been out since 2002 for, you know, SARS one they had, they, they were trying to put this out then. And then when it went to animal studies, the animals once, like I said, once it got exposed to the virus, the animals died. So it's like, what's going to happen? I, I just, I just don't know. I just, I mean, I don't know what, what their plans are long-term, but they have some plans. You know that, you know that.
5: Absolutely. We okay. have to keep adapting. And I think what we do here is important. We're comparing notes. I mean, well, we should be thinking even the crazy stuff is, oh, is fair game because that's what they're thinking too.
8: And I, well, oh, I, I'd like to make this point. It's obvious that it's a Hegelian dialectic. It's problem, reaction, solution. The idea, the solution, the whole time was to sell vaccines. So they had to rebrand the flu to create the problem and create a mass hysteria to sell these vaccines. So they're not going anywhere. And see, that's a, that's the problem. Is at, at first they rolled them out slow in order to create a, a fake shortness of supply. It's like what uh, the Rockefellers did with you know fossil fuels. They have to create some sort of sense of urgency so that people that are just so dumb, like, oh my God, is it is it exclusive? I want some of it. I want some of that exclusive uh, medicine because people are so <laughs> stupid. We're in, you know, literally, like I said, idiocracy. So uh, it's just very obvious that the vaccine was the end goal the whole time.
1: They, I, they, they are talking about like they're cl- collecting like trading cards, right? Like, which one did you get? I got the Moderna. I got the Pfizer. It's like people are so excited about sharing which one they got. It's, it's so
7: silly. Uh, so well, I'm not sure the you, Super Bowl was com- the goal. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Jason. Go ahead. Well, you know, he he was talking about, you know, the crazy stuff, right? And I have been harping a lot lately on, obviously, the transhumanism aspect of this. That's not crazy. Looking at, well, I know it's not crazy. That's the whole thing. (laughs) So there's this document here um, that I'd like to call uh, attention to. This is a NASA document, but it's really in conjunction with DARPA, the CIA, the FBI, all the big alphabet agencies. And it started as a PowerPoint from a guy that you'll see uh, above me named Dennis M. Bushnell. He's still the chief scientist at NASA and Langley, by the way. Now, in this document, which I think is pretty incredible, he um, basically predicts, and this is from 20 years ago, guys, that the bio-nano age will start in 2020 exactly, right there. IT era ends bio-nano, he was predicting this 19 plus years ago. Now, In this, he talks about civilian systems, Trojan horses, the future of warfare, the enemy after next. Well, the enemy after next in this, obviously, the uh, war on terror was the next enemy. And the enemy after this uh, next in this one is inside the continental United States. And so when I type in Trojan horse and all that stuff, they talk about their capabilities to inexpensively put on information, Internet and psychological warfare against us. Put binary, in other words, nanotechnology bio into the food supply and use their Trojan horses and civilian systems uh, to achieve these goals, a.k.a. the Facebooks, Twitters of the worlds that they've erected. And when we get to, you know, the, the really, you know, juicy stuff, you know, I'm a big, big advocate that we need to be watching Elon Musk because he's nothing more than a front man for this transhumanist agenda. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he went on tour for this for a while. I found a speech uh, for NASA in 2011, where he just kind of lightly not only said that we might have to introduce some population control, and he talked about us creating, you know, these humanoid creatures that would live on the earth. He specifically said designer humanoids. But by 2011, they had already put brain chips in 10,000 people. That's over a decade ago. So anybody who thinks they haven't had these things tested or that Neuralink is cool or it's going to be hip or Elon Musk is bringing, this is all DARPA, 110%. I would encourage people to go through that document. It is very alarming how on point they were with that timeline.
2: Well, you know, the singularity point, right? This guy, Kurzweil, Kurzweil, right? The only reason that he became so obsessed with this is because his father passed away and he felt like, you know, I I did everything I could and I failed and I wanted to preserve my father's life and and let him live forever. You know, so this guy, he's got this real self-interest, but I think it's it brings me back to something that. Sam Tripoli has been talking about a lot, which is how they leverage the scarcity of life against death, right? So this guy has it in his head that we're these finite beings and we're just material and we're just, you know, chemical reactions creating consciousness. And I think that's the basis from which everything (laughs) is all wrong with this narrative. It's like we're spiritual beings. We have energy Our consciousness has a frequency that is outside of just the material range. So, you know, this Kurzweil guy is trying to recreate the soul in technological form. And I think ultimately they're going to fail. And it's not on us as human beings to help facilitate, you know, his father's reincarnation. Right. So that's just my thoughts on it. Well, the scary thing is that all these guys
7: are disciples of Kurzweil. Mm. (laughs) So, for instance, Bushnell, in the very uh, speech that I'm talking about, towards the end actually talks about Kurzweil, the spiritual machines. And for those that don't know, it's now over a decade ago that Google themselves employed Kurzweil uh, for a division that would try to end death. Okay. So, you know, right now the stuff they're rolling out in public, oh, China and the United States have human chimpanzee embryos, no shit. <laughs> They've had that for decades. All of this technology has been done underground for decades. If you read the open-source documentation of the Department of Energy and MK Ultra alone, you you will have to know that this stuff is well beyond what we could even comprehend. And uh, right now, again, they put it on paper 20 plus years ago. This is the rollout. They've written books called COVID-19, the great reset, telling you it's the rollout. Eric Schmidt has given lectures and written books. Do I have it right here? Like the new digital age, you know, years ago. This is the rollout. And if we want you, like you said, we're not just chemicals. I totally believe that. I'm not a religious guy. Ah, uh, but I believe in good and evil. We've got something that constitutes a soul. This is it, man. This is the spiritual battle that Eisenhower warned us about a generation ago now. It's been almost a generation. We have to come to grips with that. We're not in Kansas anymore. There's too much there's too much technology,
0: too much infrastructure in plan around this event. like it, it goes beyond just selling vaccines. I mean, that's just a it seems like a payoff to a few people. There's, and it's just not going to go away. There's, it seems like there's just too much time, too much energy, and uh, manpower put behind this to just kind of let it fizzle out. They got a lot of uh, apps to put on your phone, and it's just, it's just not going to go away very quickly.
7: Listen, too much advanced, advanced knowledge. Well, the well, DARPA rollout's here, right? We saw the 60 Minutes piece. Everybody was crazy for talking about chips. Well, this isn't even an RFID chip. This is a DARPA chip they've been working on forever. In the beginning of that speech, speech, they talk about how the mRNA technique was pioneered by DARPA. Zombie Joe Biden going with the script told you we are going to have a DARPA-like initiative to end cancer. It is here. This is the face. They're, listen, they're going to make DARPA into the superheroes that they made NASA in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. That's mm-hmm. the next push. They're amalgamating them together. They've also commercialized them with people like Musk and Bezos. That's why you have SpaceX. That's why you have Blue Origin. It's just an extension of that. And it's really funny. So the next age after the bio-nano age, if you look at that document, is actual the virtual age. They don't know when it's going to begin. But if you get into Bushnell, And now this push, right, we're going to Mars. Bullshit, we're not fucking going to Mars. But he starts talking about later on in our consciousness, well, people might might not actually go to Mars, but they'll think they're on Mars. (laughs) Oh, they'll be able to virtually go there in our holodeck-like experience once we upload your consciousness to this silicon that we've already worked out. They'll think you're going on these virtual trips. And that's a more recent interview. I'm going to be doing a video on that as well. But that's the big trick. They're going to promise you all these things in uploading your consciousness. And you're fucking dead. It's a computer system. That's not you. That's not your soul. That's not shit. Mm -hmm. It's a fucking Mm -hmm. computer game. You need to get with it, people. And that's how they're going to trick you. Oh, we, we have all this scarcity, but you're going to live beyond your wildest dreams that you could in this ooey gooey flesh if you sign up for our bullshit. No, thanks. Mm-hmm.
13: One one thing that I noticed uh, to Mike's point is that there's, there's just... Far too much advanced knowledge of of this, um, whether it be event 201, whether it be the SPARS document from 2017 or the Rockefeller lockstep from 2010, there's far too much advanced knowledge and in, in role-playing scenarios that are playing out almost identical to what we're experiencing for this to be anything other than a planned event. And I think that people are starting to kind of wake up to that and it's breaking their brains because if it's a planned event what's the planned outcome. And you start Mm -hmm. to see these vaccines being pushed. And it's it's not coming from a real scientific place. It's coming from a a, a Madison Avenue uh, marketing standpoint. There's a lot of celebrities involved. It's a little too cultish. It should be kind of like red sirens flashing for people to say, wait a second, wait a second. Why are they pushing the vaccine so hard? An untested, unproven, rush to market experimental vaccine that doesn't have any sort of liability protection and the government is just okay to. Why are all of the celebrities on board with
0: this? Even if it's it's not planned, it's very well thought out, (laughs) extremely well thought out with a lot of different contingencies and responses prefabricated.
5: Yeah. Well, guys, I mean, as Jason said, this stuff has been in media. I was just looking for james cameron 20, in the year 2000 dark angel transgenic human beings and the scene for the tv show was 2019 that was the setting so yeah they've been thinking about this forever
9: do you guys see that uh NBC special last night the roll up your sleeves campaign michelle obama called on russell wilson and sierra and uh I don't even know all the celebrities that were on there. Jennifer Lopez, um, Mariah Carey, there's a whole bunch of celebrities on this NBC special last night getting their va- vaccines and telling everybody else to go get them too. There's a big Twitter. It's campaign. a cult, it was it's insane. a cult-like mentality. It was absolute insanity. And of course, you know, the vaccine manufacturers can't go and pay for a bunch of advertising because this is under EUA. Um, so they're getting all the celebrities to go do their bidding for them, And that's, that's where we're at. And all these young kids are going And saying how excited they are to go get their vaccine as soon as it it gets that EUA because my favorite celebrity did it. I mean, how are people not saying this? Who's your
4: favorite celebrity?
9: Have none. Oh, (laughs) Alex
13: Jones. (laughs) (laughs) His is filled with gravy though. His vaccines are much, much better.
7: Jack Daniels and gravy, I agree.
1: (laughs) Brain force. Brain force. Yeah, it's uh, it it is scary, and the transhumanism thing is is scary because you can see that's kind of like the end game. That's kind of what they're like. This is all just little baby steps that like, slowly get us there. You know, it's like that boiling frog thing where it's just you know you throw the a uh, frog and in, in boiling water jumps out. But if you slowly start boiling the water, next thing you know, it doesn't know it's in boiling water. And that's kind of what's happened to the population. We're just like, Hey, two weeks, just locked down for two, Oh, just a couple more weeks, a couple more months. And it's uh, actually Hotep said this when he was on my show. It's, it, it's, if you have, I, I'm going to mess it up. Like I mess up everybody's quote, but it's, <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, if you have a hundred feet of chain, are you free? You know, if you have a thousand feet of chain, are, are are you free? Are you freer? You know, it's like, are you ever really free? So it's like this idea of like they they completely shut down the world. They took away all our freedoms and rights, and then they give us a little bit, and we're supposed to be happy and satisfied. And it, at the end of the day, it's like we should be mad about you know not having all of them back. You know, instead of just being content with having a
11: few. I wanna I wanna throw some bail to the celebrities which would be the unpopular thing to do right now. What I want to throw is some, throw them some bell really fast and just put things into context because I've worked with celebrities and um, I've had the schedule of a celebrity in working with celebrities. And one I, one thing I do know is that when your schedule daily is filled, you probably have like, few sparse moments in a day where you can actually like check out twitter or check out some information and then it's like by the time you get home you just want to go to sleep right so i don't always think that the celebrities are part of some globalist agenda although many of them are a lot of times i just think it's pure ignorance And the fact that they don't have time to look up this stuff. Also, I think it's some of it's so I think I broke it down in three categories. It's like being complicit, being ignorant. And the other one is um, the peer pressure. You know, like if you don't go do this, people are like, oh, what are you trying to kill grandma? So they're afraid and their careers are dependent upon this stuff. But sometimes I feel it's just like they think they're doing the right thing out of ignorance and naivety. So when somebody says, hey, do you want to come and do this special, their agent, their PR agents like, yeah, yeah, go do this. This is good publicity. Right. It's going to make you look good in front of the, the hoi polloi, you know, the masses, the sheep and whatnot. So they take it as sort of a grift sometimes. But I think many of them think they're doing the right thing, but they don't know. They, they, don't, they don't know a thing. These celebrities don't know anything. The only thing they know is how to act or how to play the drums or how to rap.
8: But it's I, hotel. I, hey, I want, to say, I want to make a point. See, I disagree. Like when you look at Lady Gaga and how she's into spirit cooking and everything, it literally goes and you look at, you know, real quick, let me make this point. You look at the leaked emails with Podesta. They're talking about worshiping, uh, sacrificing chicken to Moloch. It literally goes back to the Bible, uh, Genesis chapter 11, verse 9. That's the Tower of Babel. And in that, Nimrod wants to build a, you know, a tower to heaven to kill God. And that's what they want to do. They want to create a modern day Tower of Babel and create us under all one ruler, the NWO. So it's like I believe these celebrities and Hillary Clinton and Michelle Obama—they're all in on it. Lady Gaga, they love it because they
0: know. I, I did. I did put, the put that. Makers.
11: I did put that disclaimer in and that some of them are along with the agenda. I did say that, yeah, <laughs> just to be true, clear. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> some no. of and them are definitely involved in behind the scenes. Yes, there are, but I believe that many of them are just stupid.
6: Well, and I think a little bit more to that point and to that stupidity, uh, because this has been so politicized and because Hollywood in general and the media in general is so overwhelmingly neoliberal, it's become one of those. Oh, well, you're a stupid right-winger, and I'm smart, and I'm trusting the science, and this Mm -hmm. is what the science says, and now believe the science is a fucking religion, uh, uh, which is also the most anti-science thing you could possibly ever do and say, Is say, the science on this is settled. No, no, that's the most anti-science you could possibly be. The one thing we know about science is that it's always open to new information and you always have to ask questions and keep putting it up to review. And we've not done that at all with any of this. Mm-hmm. And this goes into
1: another topic we can touch on a little bit because all this information is super important. I, I completely agree with Hotep in regards to some of, you know, people who are busy. They just don't have the time to really do a thorough research on this. So, and then they get pushed in one direction and then they don't have anybody to push them in another direction. So they just go in the direction they get pushed in. But I also think that's the problem for the common person. Like, there's many people who just go to work, they take care of their kids, they do this, they do that. Like I might have a conversation with them at the gym, or I might have a conversation with them at the basketball court, or wh- whatever. And I might plant a little seed of doubt on what's really going on. Well, wh- what's going to happen? They go home. They go on, you know, the two major search engines, Google and YouTube, and they search some of the things I'm talking about. Well, Ricky seems like a fucking crazy person because all the things he's referring to doesn't exist. I can't find any of this stuff. So now it's like, yeah, it, in 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 some circumstances, there's examples of people who are completely tribal as People who are just basically going along with the herd, whatever their group's saying, that's what they're saying. And then there's some people who might actually have doubts, who might actually be skeptical. But the censorship issue, this is why the censorship issue is such a big deal. But they don't even have the ability to see all sides of the argument. They can't even find, you know, uh some of the cases of people who've passed away after the virus or after getting the vaccine. They can't even find the doctors like Dr. Aida and, and some of the other doctors we've had on the show, um, Dr. Kendra Becker and Dr. Scott Jensen and all these people. And Scott, Dr. Scott Jensen just got kicked off TikTok of all places, which is hilarious. But um in uh So you can't even find these people, you know, you can't find these alternative perspectives. So it's like, even if you wanted to, uh, you know, go down some rabbit holes, it's getting harder and harder to go down those rabbit holes. I mean, eventually we've said it on the show before. I mean, YouTube's going to be cooking videos and cat videos, you know, sooner or later. And then you really do have to go on Odyssey or Rockfin. I mean, if you just go on the homepage of any of these alternatives, Bitchute, odyssey rockfin in 2 seconds you get way more information and way more interesting content than you will spending all day on youtube because they just won't give it to you
7: well well let me talk about the celebrity issue and like the social influencer one one of the things you didn't talk about was now you have these like lower level social influencers or whatever coming out and saying i've already gotten this amount of money offered twice for doing a vaccine selfie or a vaccine video of me getting the vaccine. So these companies or these NGOs are actually offering some of these celebrities money or these social influencers money to promote this. That's something that we can't discount. That's something that's actually talked about in the SPARS documents as well. Now, with both levels, I think that, you know, Hotep's right in the sense that a lot of these celebrities, you look at that Vax Live, I don't want to believe that Eddie Vedder's evil. I want to think that Eddie Vedder... And Pearl Jam are trying to save the world and think this is good. I want to think that about the Foo Fighters and the shitty McJagger video I watched. Easy sleazy, you know. I want to believe that, but then I look at somebody like Lady Gaga, which he mentioned, and the company she keeps. The fact that her and Jennifer Lopez, you know, they're big on this well and healthness, safety seal. I see them, you know, a little bit differently, right? With a Michael B. Jordan, somebody who's outwardly out about the money and his influence, I, he sees this as an opportunity. This is how I get my face out there, absolutely. But that plays into the system. There are so very few people, you know, that are standing up against what's going on right now in that Hollywood system that we should be extremely scared. And especially in the rock and rap scene, Right, you would think that more people that made their way being quote unquote anti-establishment wouldn't be stepping into rolling up their arm for a fucking billionaire and his cronies. But that's just me. I mean, how much is enough? You know, some people it's never enough. Well, they didn't
13: just leave it to having the celebrities uh, get paid off to influence this. Remember the. President of Belarus said that the IMF and World Bank offered him close to a billion dollars to lock his his country down, and he turned them down. So it's not just – I mean that's just a much larger scale – play that's happening as well so they're 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 coming at you from every angle the governmental top down and then um the social sort the social side of it the media influencers and things like that and yeah there's plenty of i mean there's i just there's videos of anthony hopkins getting a fake shot where the, you can see the nurse squirt squirted out after she's done. I mean, it's it's ah. like they brought in the JV team to to
8: film these things. It's it's embarrassing. <laughs>
13: well, speaking yeah, of celebrities, here we are, the, expecting
5: the to believe of this it. country. They, they might film it
8: bad on purpose so you so you notice it. Like I, pur- you know, they might do that on purpose so you actually
5: be notice
11: tra- it. it'd yeah, be true. Uh,
8: it 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 is it is.
13: I hope so because otherwise they're not sending their best. You know what I mean? To make these videos, it's pretty embarrassing.
1: Well, Hotep actually did debate a celebrity on vaccines. Actually, it was an incredible, great podcast. Uh, if you guys haven't checked it out, Hotep has a uh, Loopy Fiasco on his show, and uh, I mean, he Hotep came prepared. But from your perspective, what do you think was somebody like Loopy who was very passionate about like the pro vaccine? Do you think? it was ignorance do you think that there was something else going on what why do you think he seemed to kind of disregard your points and and was not nearly as open minded to your perspective as you were to his
11: um so i got i got three excuses for them. And then actually two excuses in one fact. Um, one excuse I would say is he came to debate and he just wanted to win the argument. Right. So usually sometimes people come to a debate. They don't care about the truth. They just want to win the argument. Whereas I'm just coming to find out the truth. Um, the other thing is could be maybe he just believes in this stuff. Right. Maybe that's that's actually what he believes. Um, I'm sorry. The third excuse was he's just trolling. Right? He's just trolling. Um, yeah, some people are contrarians, just to be contrarians, just to bring the truth to the surface. So that's more Bill. But the truth of the matter is, he said he was working with Bill Gates. That's what he said. That's a fact. So you infer what you want from that.
8: And Hotep, you know, he had music, though, that was woke, that talked about nine eleven. So do you think that was all just written by some songwriter? Because, you know, he had some, I forget that. Song no, that
11: I think he's trying to get back in the good graces of the powers that be. 'Cause he made some a couple of missteps in his career and uh he went at, he went to war with Atlantic Records and I don't know, maybe he wants to come back mainstream and get back in good grace of me. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm just taking guesses here. Blinders. I mean you look at Noam Chomsky and
1: talk about manufacturing consent and all the propaganda and Edward Bernays, and then you bring up nine 11 and he's like, Oh, that's ridiculous. It's like some people gatekeeper. And yeah. Well and you look
11: No, at, no, no, no. I, it's not gate, it's fear.
5: Oh, okay. Fair enough. Some people, some people,
11: some people are afraid to lose their career and, and challenging certain subjects are too taboo for them to touch.
1: And another All cases, right, let me, let me ask you. When we when, we had, you, when I had because- Dennis McKenna on the show, and I know uh, Charlie and I talked about this because he had also Dennis McKenna. First time I had him on was years ago, and we talked all about big pharma and how they were suppressing plant medicines from the public and all these benefits of plant medicine. Then the second time I had him on was way too close to the election, and he went on this you know, pro-Biden, anti-Trump ramp, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You've taken psychedelics, like first of all my, my whole perspective on this idea like I remember hearing Rogan over and over again oh if we just give everybody psychedelics like everybody would just be able to filter out the bullshit and all this stuff I'm like apparently he was wrong because I just down. had
2: I just had John Potash on my show and you know I gotta tell you that I don't agree with a lot of the 60s movement and this whole psychedelic I mean that was manufactured I think a lot of good things came out of it uh, creativity you know artistic wise But as far as activism goes, it really popped the tires on the whole movement. And I think John Potash uh, really detailed that very well in his uh, his film and his books, just kind of showing how the CIA and the FBI used drugs to manufacture this, you know, diversion that basically co-opted a lot of the activism that was coming out in that time.
1: Um, his, His book was what? Drugs? as a weapon against us or something along drugs
2: as weapons against us uh the cia's war against musicians and activists that's his film and his book has a similar title but it's a a little longer Uh, but but yeah i think this is you know this history repeats itself right these idols that we call celebrities they're no different than the gods of the ancient world and i think you know one of the books i have in front of me uh because we have dr frank Aida here, I'd like to ask him, uh, you know, Dr. Joseph Farrell makes this connection from uh, the Babylonian kind of connection and and says that maybe they were um, genetically modifying people. And now we see this vaccine, it's mRNA. Like, do you think that there's potentially a a DNA consequence? Are they really going to alter our DNA with this thing? What's your opinion as a doctor?
10: I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, we don't know. We really don't know what this long-term, what it's going to do. You know, when you start messing around with genes, this is gene therapy. I mean, when you think about how it works, you're getting injected with a synthetic informational dose, essentially. That's what messenger RNA is. It hijacks your cells, takes over your ribosomes. They start spitting out, you know, more and more at messenger RNA, and then your 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 cells are spitting out certain proteins. You know, so you can you can program your cells to do anything with this type of technology. It's, it's pretty crazy how they're you know uh, how they're using this.
5: Hey, hey Doc, I, I've listened yeah. to another um, medical professional that was talking about this, and his claim, at least, he was not pro vaccine. Okay, he he didn't feel you needed to be taking it, uh, but his contention was that since it was ribosomal. That it wouldn't be carried on. Now I know that that doesn't mean we don't know what all's in there, right?
10: We don't know how it actually affects, you know, because in the nucleus of the cell is your DNA, okay, and you make messenger RNA all day long. So now you're injecting a synthetic messenger RNA, and it 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 could have interactions with your own with your own DNA. We don't know. I mean. They haven't studied this long enough. They don't really know the long-term consequences of it. And the more that I'm reading, the deeper. I've been studying this since day one, you know, just reading everything that I can. And you're not going to hear any of this stuff on mainstream media, that's for sure. You know, and if you, you come out and start saying this stuff, you get censored. Oh, you're nuts. You're crazy. You're going against, you know, trying to kill grandma. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. But when you really think about it, you know, it's like, this whole thing about you killing grandma. I mean, if grandma gets the vaccine and you don't, she's going to spread it to you. It's like, she's, you know, that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, uh, I had a patient come in and say, you know, uh, I had to get the vaccine to go out and and visit my grandkids, you know, otherwise my, you know, my, my son and daughter-in-law won't let me see them. I'm like, well, you know, they're the the young kids aren't going to get the vaccine. They're not even susceptible to, to any problems with this virus. But you get the vaccine, you go out there, you you contract COVID. You don't even know you have it potentially if you have this 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 vac- vaccine. And, uh, you know, if you're sick, you're going to stay home, you're going to stay away from people. Just like if you have a cold or a flu, you're not going to go coughing on people and everything else. But with this, you know, you get this vaccine, you can still get COVID and you can still spread it to everyone around you. So, I mean... I, that's I guess that's the push they want everyone to get it that's the whole thing so if you get it mm-hmm. I get it then we're all we can all hang out you know that's the kind of narrative that they're pushing with this whole thing they get people to do it have you
3: heard uh, have you heard some of those uh crazier stories about the sort of the shedding from these like women that are around a bunch of people that are being that have been vaccinated having their periods uh way heard, heard. yeah that's the new what, thing what, say
10: it again say it again what, what about well, even, it.
3: even so, so it's a, it's affecting women that have had the jab and their periods are super heavy or they missed their periods or they had they're coming out of there's a there's a there's period. a, there's a
11: there, it's it, you know I I don't think we can phrase it as a period because a period means passing of the egg but I think we can definitely say that the uterus is hemorrhaging.
10: Okay. Yeah. No yeah. okay. yes.
11: yeah.
5: ovulation
3: and and it's also not just from the direct jab but they say being around people that have had it. So, there's some yes. sort of like, I don't know if it's shedding of the spike proteins or something that's actually affecting the cycles.
11: Yes. Yes. I've seen, I've seen women complaining about that online uh, within the past few days.
5: Yeah. My daughter was telling it to me just a couple of days ago.
11: Hmm. hmm. It's
9: scary. It's scary. Susie?
11: Susie? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Christiane
9: Northrup just did a live about this last night with uh, Lawrence Plesky another doctor and um, talked about this very issue and it's you know it's all obviously anecdotal because they're not going to be doing any kind of studies around this but um, I personally know of several people and I've gotten hundreds of DMs in the last two days discussing the fact that these women that have not gotten the COVID-19 vaccine but it's been exposed to others that have have had their cycles completely thrown off having two periods in a month very heavy bleeding Um, extreme signs of fatigue and headache and just kind of like the most extreme um, symptoms that you have when you're on your period. I know all of you guys are really familiar with those symptoms. (laughs) Just, yeah, super extreme. And there's no explanation. And then people started saying, have you been around someone that had been recently vaccinated for COVID? And the answer keeps being yes. So it's all anecdotal, of course. And like I said, studies aren't coming out.
5: Imagine what a PSYOP that would be if they spread that. It wasn't true. Bringing
9: it up. Yeah. Susie, can I ask you
7: uh, what you think about the coverage now of the last, uh, I'd say, probably week, week and a half of the blood clots, the AstraZeneca, what they're saying the death rate is? Because we know the AstraZeneca stuff, especially if you've been paying attention to mainstream media overseas, has been around more than a month. We saw it gradually get suspended because of these blood clots, heart attacks, deaths, but the mainstream media talking point is, well, this is happening in women. It's one in a million. It's one in a million. Is that accurate? And where are they getting that line from if it's not accurate and it goes directly against, say, our CDC VAERS data?
9: Yeah, so it's absolutely not accurate. So what's happening is these these women had um, thrombosis. They had blood clots and then they had thrombocytopenia, which is low platelets combined, which is really rare, supposedly. But they're saying that this is only occurring by the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and that's why that vaccine was halted by the FDA and the CDC they're saying we need a pause on this vaccine however if you look at the VAERS data which is the vaccine adverse event reporting system it's our government reporting system it's our checks and balances if there's a problem with the vaccine then you will see that there were 103 cases of thrombocytopenia reported to VAERS prior to the Johnson and Johnson vaccine coming out and the first dose was administered on march 2nd so you can go look up at that data on the CDC website. Like there's no disputing it, but if you post that data to social media, which is what I did, I posted it on Facebook, and um, it was moved. It was removed, and I was blocked from Facebook for three days. They said that I was not spreading misinformation, but malinformation. It's not that the information's not true. It's that the information cause harm to others. And so I was removed from Facebook for three days and given a, a quote unquote final warning um, if I share that information again. And so then I got back on Facebook and someone asked me a question about the various data specifically about the clotting and the issues that were going on with Johnson and Johnson. I answered two different people in comments. And within one minute of my second comment, my account was suspended again. So that just goes to show that it doesn't matter it's not that i'm going to a third party website where i'm sharing information i am sharing direct information without additional commentary from me directly from the cdc directly from hhs directly from the world health organization and i'm being flagged as false news malinformation and having my accounts banned so they're trying to shut down the conversation no matter where you share the, share the data from this has nothing to do with inflammatory conspiratorial whatever things you want to say. This has everything to do with getting the facts out there. And these facts are threatening to the powers that be. So they are going to shut you down. And that's what they've done with me. And that's why I was happy Ricky invited me on here tonight. Because
6: it's not about health. And it's absolutely not.
7: And they've expanded their definition. You know, first you weren't allowed to talk about, say, uh, the vaccine. Well, they banned my channel on YouTube like a week and a half ago. I magically got it back within an hour. I don't know how it happened. Maybe because it was wrong. I'd done actually a video on transhumanism, but now you're not allowed, if you read this right here, it says YouTube doesn't allow content that explicitly disputes the efficacy of local health authorities or the World Health Organization's guidance, not on the vaccines anymore, on social distancing and self-isolation that may lead people to act against that guidance. So in other words, if I tell people that they should hug one another That's against the rules. If I tell them they should not wear a mask and be in social situations with each other, and it's beyond 10, and it's 10 in that area of local authorities, they can now kick me off. This is a real email. They really kicked me off. I don't know how I got the channel back. I'll say it again. Um, The other strikes were for daring to uh, play Dr. Richard Pierre Corey uh, in front of, uh, what was it, the Senate, which got banned by YouTube. That's actually in the Wall Street Journal talking about ivermectin. I won't say anything else. I don't want to get this show banned. Um, But you can look at those clinical.gov studies on that drug as well. I'd like to, man, again, I don't want to get them banned, but I'd like to get Frank's uh, opinion on ivermectin and budesonide in particular because we have more and more of those studies, right? We have the Oxford study now that says uh, budesonide in a double-blind study with 146 uh, people kept people out of hospitals and urgent care 90% of the time. And then after the fact, gave them a quicker resolution of fever symptoms and fewer persistent systems after 28 days. You talked about C, D, obviously zinc. What do you think about those two drugs? Because they're widely cheap and available.
10: Oh, absolutely. They are. They're definitely widely available. I don't have have, uh, any experience using that because in my practice, I don't use any prescription drugs. I just use completely everything natural. So I'm not going to discredit it. I've had patients who brought it upon themselves to to use these medications, and they did fine. They did great with it. So, but I have no I have no clinical experience myself. You know, offering it out. I just I don't use any drugs in my practice, so I'm not the best person to ask as far as that goes. But what about off the shelf?
3: What about off the shelf stuff like Betadine, like antiseptic gargles and stuff like that? Same thing.
10: yeah, I mean, I, I would, I'd recommend stuff like that. I mean, absolutely, uh, iodines, uh silver extract, so forth. There's, there's a, there's a lot of different things that can be used. I mean, it's endless. I mean, there's so many different natural therapeutics that are, are, and it's more than anecdotal. I mean, you know, I've, like I said, I've treated over, you know, over 24 patients, over, you know, two dozen cases with, with different, uh, you know, and i i varied it based upon their clinical signs and symptoms and so forth. Um, you know, the combination of zinc and the, uh, quercetin, I find that that works really, really well to get people's uh, taste and smell back too. Um, so that's one of the things that we've had a hard time with that, that lingers on I have patients, you know, that, you know, people have come to see me, you know, months they can't taste or smell anything. I get them on a couple things and they're, it starts to come back. So
3: I got a couple quick questions for Susie too, kind of about Vars and about why J&J is getting thrown under the bus. Like if there's all this, all these deaths already, in VARES officially from Moderna and Pfizer. Is this just a big marketing campaign and a PR push from Pfizer and Moderna to throw J&J under the bus? Like, why is it getting so much publicity? And then the other thing is, have you noticed any problems with VARES in April? Cause I, I was in there getting the, the deaths from the beginning of April. Now I can't get April's data. It's like, they've taken away the weekly thing and I don't know if they're going to allow you to get the new updated. Like it hasn't been updated since March that I can tell.
9: Yeah, so VAERS uh, data, they just updated it on the 9th of April, and they took a long time getting that new data in there. And I actually have it in front of me right now because I just made a post earlier today. Um, so for people that don't know, again, what VARES is, it is our government website. That's where you go and you report if there's a reaction to a vaccine. As of April 9th, um, from December 12th, when they started administering these vaccines, there have been 68,347 reports made to VAERS. There have been 2,602 deaths, 5,074 hospitalizations, 10,078 urgent care visits, 10,693 office visits, 458 cases of anaphylaxis, 481 of Bell's palsy, 549 heart attacks, 100 miscarriages, 3,701 severe allergic reactions, and then 338 cases of thrombocytopenia. So you can see that that in and of itself, those numbers are high. There was a Harvard Pilgrim study done several years back that said that less than one percent of reactions were being reported to vares So if you times those numbers by a hundred, that is terrifying. And, and that's
3: just the states, not Europe, right?
9: As we, it's just in the, it's in just in the United States. But there are about a hundred cases um, of people that have traveled that don't live in the U.S. and those have come into um, vares as well. So it's all about a hundred of those are from people just in the U.S.
3: And the European database is is like double that.
9: Yeah, the European database is a mess, and that's why I'm just sticking in Paris for now. Um, but it's it's horrific. I mean, the situation's horrific. Like Dr. Frank said earlier, we have a 99.9 percent recovery rate. You can look at these numbers that are coming into VARES. He had a patient with Bell's palsy. We have plenty of therapeutics. Um, there's no reason for this vaccine campaign. And to answer your second question about throwing Johnson and Johnson under the bus, it's because it's a viral vector vaccine versus mRNA. Of course, this Mm -hmm. is my speculation, but they want everyone to get Mester RNA vaccines. They want to say that they're 100% safe and effective so that they can transfer over all of our vaccines to that technology Mm -hmm. so that they can start doing the cancer vaccines and everything else. And it's it's insanity. We don't have anything that shows us long-term that this is going to be safe. We have very little data about it being effective and we don't know the long-term effects that it's going to have on things like fertility, the reproductive harm that could come to our body with the homologies that we're seeing now with this in 1. It's, it's. if you guys haven't looked at this, I would encourage you to look it up. It is It is a serious issue. We could be looking at an entire generation of sterilized men and women.
6: Well, and put that alongside Klaus Schwab saying that the mRNA vaccine is the foundation, the framework for the fourth industrial revolution. Well, what what you got to do is you got to put that connection
11: of the reproductive system being targeted by these experimental drugs in connection with uh, Gil Bates and his wife, Galinda, and their campaign for population control, which they've admitted to. So you got to put those two things together and then your tinfoil hat starts to uh, catch on fire.
7: Well, I'll take it a step further. I mean, when he talks about this population control, now he's the largest farm owner in the United States. We now, he has that land. He's been invested in Monsanto and GMO technologies for many years. And, you know, I was rewatching my film, Shade the Motion Picture. This one was out in 2013. And back then, Uh, I think they were doing it in South Korea because obviously you couldn't get away with doing it privately here, but they were growing live HIV virus in corn then. (laughs) I mean, we're talking about well over a decade ago, they were playing with all sorts of GMOs. I just showed you the document about putting bio and nanotechnology into our food supplies. This stuff should be terrifying. Unaccountable billionaires that have openly discussed population control with other billionaires, such as Warren Buffett, Ted Turner, okay, George Soros, and name themselves the good guys club in the media over a, a decade ago, should have been watched then. They should be not be embraced now. And the magic trick they've pulled over uh, the public's eyes with all of their drills and things like event 201, et cetera, et cetera, right in our faces is truly astonishing, but there is a resistance, right? We're all here talking, you know, I saw Hotep laugh when he said that certain people couldn't come and hug their own grandkids. It's anything but funny. I wish it wasn't real, but I'm seeing that in my my family as well. You know, we moved from New York, but the New York side, they're terrified. They're terrified, man. And, and I got a wedding coming up and now some people might not come to my sister's wedding and they might not see their own grandchildren. I, I mean, the way they've been able to cross bounds of what even red and blue with this virus is astonishing. So I, I really hope that we can try to reach out to people, try to get them to look at these therapeutics and listen to doctors like Dr. Susie and Dr. Frank, and say, "Hey, if you just do these certain things, there's no reason to get on board with what they're telling you on the television." Oh,
11: I just want to say something before I cut out. Um, just a piece of information. I know many of the people here are familiar with this stuff. Um, great book here. Behold the pale horse. Uh, I've had this in my collection for years, but on page 122, it talks about the Federal uh, Emergency Management Agency. And there's a list of executive orders which have been consolidated, according to my search here, into executive order 11490. And then later on, uh, consolidated in 2012 uh, into executive order 13603. Right. So when I think about the state that America is in right now, I want to blame whoever uh, was uh, an adult with kids. Uh, in 1964 or whenever uh, these things for, were first begun, because this is complete negligence on on behalf of American citizens. Uh, because this set the, this 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 executive order set the precedence to where, if there is an emergency, not even the White House has power anymore. FEMA has all the power. But it also consolidates power. And we, you know, we talked about how uh, centralization of power is communism. If anybody's interviewed me before or, or heard me speak on that topic, that's centralization of power. Um, but again, this stuff has been legislated. So when people think about like, oh, these things are bad happening to us now. No, this has put, been put in place before you know, many of us here who have been born or, or, or this is the time when you were born. Right. So the people before us let this happen. So I think the the best place to start now is in law and case law. I'm working with uh, Andrew Esquire, Legal Mindset. He just went viral for his video on a Chauvin trial. Scott Adams uh, retweeted this video. And I'm very much interested in case law and starting to go back and and target some of these things and repeal these laws. Uh, As opposed to trying to fight the present. there is no... um, Statute of limitation on some of these things. So you can go back as far as when well, you go back to 1861 and start repealing some of these laws. And I think that's what it takes is to remove the precedent so mm-hmm. that when we come to the present, it's like, well, that law was appealed because such and such appealed it, you know, uh, in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wanted to put that on, yeah. on the books. If you okay. grant that, these great. government
13: uh, powers during an emergency, they will then create emergencies in which to justify the use of that power. Exactly. That's how it works. You can't, you can't start it with them because
5: right now is the time for people to be receptive to this. I I don't know. Any of you guys have heard of Viva Frey uh, on YouTube. Yep. Uh, He's a Montreal attorney and I've listened to him for the last year and a half or two years. And I've seen a radical change in the way he talks
3: Yep, he's, uh, he's he's on he's board. right along with this whole thing, yep.
11: He's on board. Mm. They got to him, huh? No, no, we got to him. No, Oh, on, we yeah, got to him. He, he's on our side. He's yeah, on we outside. got to him. Oh, okay. Awesome.
3: Or or sure, I should say the data and the facts got to him.
5: Yeah. Okay. And, and it's a very hopeful sign, uh Robert Barnes, which is an American attorney, is partnered with him. So and he's pretty high up. And he seems to be, well, I won't say he's on our side, but
2: he's at
8: least... Well, speaking of the legal stuff, I think they have legal jurisdiction to actually put in a federal mandate for vaccines. Supposedly it happened during the Spanish flu. So I'm just saying legality, legally, that they say that they can
5: actually...
8: Yeah, but I'm saying they actually say that they can actually put in federal legislation and make vaccines mandatory. And I think that that would just be with the Patriot Act 2.0. I mean, this is just obvious. This is a control method that is not going to be—they're not going to let up on these.
5: Uh, state of well, Kentucky well, already passed legislation forbidding mandated vaccines. So, th- well, well, that—that—that well, that, that is the purpose
11: of this. Like, I know a lot of people were saying, "Oh, you know, the purpose of the—nah, vac-. the vaccine is just a caveat. It's just the icing on the cake for them. The, the, this whole thing is about control. It's about saying you don't 100%. own your body; the government owns your body."
2: Yeah, hundred percent.
11: It's not my body, my choice. It's and, my body, the government's choice.
2: Considering the, well, the vaccine is one of the methods of. Control. Hold on, Alex. Considering the litigation involved with genetically modified organisms, if what the doctor is saying is true, and you get this vaccine and your genetics are modified are you then you know under the Uh, of that vaccine correct i mean probably that is the suspicion i had and i'm nobody special so I didn't they already did it
5: with animals
10: yeah Yeah. right yeah look at this in the food yeah. yeah you know the seeds of monsanto's seeds they're you know they're patented so if you 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 plant something and you repurpose their seeds
2: You can't do that. I can imagine them then using this as a justification to say, well, you can only get your pharmaceuticals from this company and you can only get your insurance from this company and you can only get your vaccines from this company because now your health, your body is owned by your Moderna or your Johnson & Johnson. You know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I got a jet, but it's been a pleasure. Dr. Frank, I'm also in Connecticut, so it's been a pleasure. It really brings me a lot of hope knowing that there's some bright people like you in my own state because it's kind of dim when you walk around new haven i'll tell you that here it doesn't you. I'm seem here
10: in west harford so i feel it too so okay
2: I, I had that feeling that you were up there there's some there's some smart folks up there all right well it's been a pleasure everyone i really appreciate Thanks, being here and uh, again like i said send me all those links and we'll get it in the description so yeah
11: i, I got i gotta head out too, mark thank you uh, everyone on the panel charlie appreciate you guys uh hotepjesus.com for more information on me talk to you thanks god bless you we'll talk to you soon great job
0: <laughs> gotta throw it in there
9: well you guys it was so nice speaking with all of you tonight thank you so much it's wonderful to have like the chance to talk to people that actually get it and have their eyes open i live just outside of seattle washington and i'm the only person walking down without a mask on and not living in fear so it's nice to connect and see your guys' faces
6: well, oh, I can put have you have in you. touch with people in Seattle who, who are like right there with you.
9: Please do. I'll yeah. put my email here in the chat and then I'll pop off. For sure.
6: Yeah, thank you. I,
9: well, I just right want to say
8: thank you guys for having me on. Thank you all for having me on. It's my first time. I really enjoyed it with a bunch of other people that are hey, like minded. It's your, always plug, a pleasure.
13: Plug your Krispy Kreme uh, video. Oh, video. Okay. Yeah, let
8: me put it's, the link.
13: It's phenomenal.
8: Okay, so you're being too nice, Charlie, but you got to go. You guys got, if you guys want to go to a free donut, they can't check your medical records. So just it's say you great. got your vaccine. <laughs> okay, Let me get the link uh, so I can put it in the chat. But you guys need to go watch it. Watch me get a free donut and uh, Fauci or Fauci is, you know, it's all because of him. I'm a shining example of good health.
0: Yeah. I'll watch you eat a donut. It sounds fun.
8: Hey, let me put it. Let me find it. Hold on. It's It's phenomenal. What kind of donut
0: did you get? Is it glazed or like a chocolate donut? Old fashioned.
8: Uh, you'll see. Here, let me. Let me oh. I got to go to
0: a... I it's ruin the glazed. video. Okay. It's
8: glazed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here, can I do a share? Oh shit! I can't share my. That's all right. Screen. I'll put it up on screen. You put God, in God, the chat. I'll put up
0: on screen.
3: I
8: put in the Zoom I chat. Want, I don't want
3: I don't to see it. the donut. We'll see you later. Thanks. All for, right, Bye, uh,
8: Grant. Bye, America. Bye, America. That's it. Here it is in the chat. All right. This we can in on this. You're being too nice, Charlie. I got to have you on my show. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. It always. Yeah, it's good to see you again. Yes, my friend. But but yes, dude. Isn't that sad? You can just get a donut. We can. That, that, that's what they people have to thinking. They're healthy. That's another thing. If you notice, everybody that's taking the vaccine selfies. Three hundred and fifty pounds. That's about the average weight of a person that takes their vaccine selfie. So <laughs> that's why. Because when you're three hundred and fifty pounds, that's the only way you can prove that you're healthy is by letting them stick a an experimental mRNA vaccine in your arm. So it's a real weird virtue signal, but it's not going to stop, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I have it up on screen now. It the uh, you're going right through there, through the drive-through. Uh, the, the worker with the mask is handing you a, a free donut, and yeah, uh, we'll put that the link to uh, the video put the in the link description. In there, I'll put please. the link in the description it's of wild. the video in the podcast. He did it. He, he made it happen.
8: Oh my god! <laughs> free donut. Anybody can do it. You can do it too. You can get your free diabetes. It costs nothing except for having a little bit of cojones. All right.
7: Uh, all right, folks. I'm going to take off too. All right, Thank thanks. We're all out of here. Well, yeah, of the uh, Union of the
6: Unwanted. <clears throat> what a pleasure! Thank you, guys. Peace.
7: Thank you, everyone. Thanks
6: you all for coming, Charlie, Ricky, Mike, everyone. You guys are are awesome. This is just wonderful. Thanks for caring about people.
5: ContentSafe.co. ContentSafe.
13: ContentSafe.co.
0: ContentSafe.co. All right. The stream is over. There we go. All right, Charlie, we're getting out of here. Your merch is
13: coming. They processed the order today. I threw in a couple extra stickers for you guys so you could sticker up stuff.
0: I appreciate that. I look forward to it. I'll I'll wear it with pride.
13: Yeah. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right, Charlie. See you. All right. Bye.